Okay, you ready? You can hear me okay? Great, we're on? Perfect. Awesome. Let's go. I'm Peter Little, lead pastor at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. We're cultivating a community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world. And you're listening to our Sunday Sermons podcast. To learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. Thanks for listening. It takes intense concentration to avoid them. Uh, Daydreaming will definitely land you right in the middle of them. They seem to possess this kind of gravitational power that just pulls you down into them. And once you get in them, getting out of them can be a real chore. This was my experience in driving on many of the freeways in the Pacific Northwest. Not so much here in Southern California, but in the Pacific Northwest, where many people drive with studded tires in the wintertime, the freeways would get these giant ruts where the, where the tires go down the freeway. And they had this kind of magical gravitational pull to them that made it very, very difficult not to drive with your wheels in them. And driving with your wheels in the rut tended to be a very rough kind of experience. Staying out of the ruts <laughs> takes like intentional focus. You have to be very, very intentional to put your tires um, on that little hump between the rubble, rubble strips on the right uh, and, uh, and the giant chaos of the rut <laughs> on the left. you got to focus. We're going to look at Psalm 1 this morning. And as we do, we're going to consider two ways of living that Psalm 1 lays out for us. Two ways from which we have to choose in terms of how to live our daily lives. And one of those ways is living in the ruts. And the other way is living not in the ruts. The way of the rut is what Psalm 1 calls the way that sinners tread. And the way that is not in the rut is what Psalm calls the blessed way. And so uh, as we begin to listen to God's word in Psalm 1, uh, let's begin by listening to the Lord in prayer. So pray with me, would you? Lord, we trust your word. Help us trust your word more. We believe, God, that you are not mute but that you have spoken authoritatively and clearly and concisely with your word. And that you continue to speak as your Holy Spirit illuminates the scriptures and brings these words to life in our minds and in our hearts. Would you do that this morning? Bring these words to life in our hearts and in our minds. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Psalm 1. You can turn there if you'd like in your Bibles. I think it's going to be on the screen if you prefer uh, that. Psalm 1. 
Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves neither wither and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. This, friends, is God's word for us today. And the book of Psalms, all 150 Psalms, begins with these words. Psalm 1 seems to be an intentional introduction to the whole book of Psalms. And this introduction begins by articulating these two ways. You've got a choice. You've got a choice between two ways, the way of blessedness or the way of wickedness. And right out of the gates, the psalmist lays out for us what that choice is. And he says, blessed or joyful or happy are those who don't do these three things. Happy, blessed, joyful are people who don't do these three things. People who don't follow the advice of the wicked, who don't stand around with sinners, who don't sit with those who mock the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who don't drive down the freeway in the ruts. (laughs) The problem is that everything about the road is pulling you into the ruts. Have you had this experience? It really is genuinely difficult to not drive in the ruts. And this is what life in the world can be like. Where the pull of everything in the world, with very few exceptions, the pull... The advice of the world influences us in such a way that it's leading us to take the path that sinners tread, to drive in the ruts. And certainly if we let go of the wheel, if we coast, if we drift along, we're going to end up in the ruts. We're going to end up following the advice of the wicked. We're going to end up standing around with those who mock the law of the Lord. And it's only when we're intentional Only when we make intentional choices, when we're focused, that we remain out of the ruts. You know, the Lord knows that we all get sucked into those ruts. It happens to all of us. There just isn't a life lived outside of Jesus himself that is never in the ruts. But by God's grace, we don't have to stay there. The ruts are not where we are intended to live. We were not designed to live in the ruts. And you know, what strikes me maybe most about those who end up living in the ruts, uh, those of us who find ourselves in the ruts, what strikes me is that, you know, we, we don't intend to go there, usually. I mean, we aren't seeking out the way of the wicked, We don't have sinful intentions, usually, generally. It's just that we haven't been intentional about not driving in the ruts. We haven't been intentional about not living in the path or the way of sinners. 
You know, when we're driving down the freeway and we end up in the ruts, we end up there not because we aimed for that, but because we didn't aim for somewhere else. Blessed are those who live with intentionality and who steer clear of the ruts. But what does this intentionality look like? Or what does it look like for us to steer clear of the ruts? How do we avoid them? Well, the psalmist tells us there are two things that we can intentionally do. We can delight in the law of the Lord, and we can meditate on it day and night. What does it mean to delight in the law of the Lord? Well, it means this. The blessed ones are those who receive all kinds of satisfaction. There are those who have a high degree of gratification because they obey the law. It means their delight is in doing what the law commands, in doing what the scriptures outline for us. Just like when you're intentional about driving outside of the ruts, it's, it's kind of delightful. You know, you're on the mountaintop between the ruts. The going is quite a bit smoother. It's quite a bit quieter. It's just a much better ride. It's a delightful place to drive. And this is what the psalmist is saying about those who don't follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread. It takes intentionality. It takes work. And it's worth it. Think of it this way. Blessed, maybe this will help help you give words to this. Blessed are or, or happy are or, or joyful are those whose delight is in the Ten Commandments. And listen to this. Satisfied are those who worship the Lord their God and not false idols. Satisfied are those who honor the Lord's name. Satisfied are those who keep a Sabbath regularly. Satisfied are those who honor their parents. Satisfied are those who protect the lives of others. Satisfied are those who are faithful in the covenant of marriage or chastity in singleness. Satisfied are those who do not steal and those who do not lie about and to their neighbors. Satisfied are those who don't covet their neighbor's spouse or her stuff. Blessed are those, satisfied are those, joyful are those whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Friends, it really is as simple as this sounds. You will be blessed if you read the scriptures. You will be blessed if you listen to God's word. You will be blessed if you open the words of life. And the reason is because the words of life reveal to us the word of life the one whose birth we have just celebrated. In fact, Psalm 1 says, You will be like a tree that is planted next to streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. And you know, when a tree is planted next to a stream, its roots go deep into the soil in order to access the water. And it's access to that water that leads the tree to produce fruit. And leads the tree's leaves not to wither. And the psalmist is saying that when we delight in the law of the Lord, when we ingest and digest, when we take in, when we soak up the word of the Lord, the natural result is fruit in due season. A couple of things about this fruit that I thought was interesting in Psalm 1. 
First of all, the fruit, the fruit is for others. And secondly, uh, the fruit comes in seasons. So first of all, the fruit is for others. The, the fruit is not for the tree itself. Uh, think about it. Like the, the fruit of the apple tree is not for the benefit of the tree. It's for the benefit of the deer who eat in its shade. Uh, the fruit of the cherry tree is not for the benefit of the tree itself. The fruit of the cherry tree is for the benefit of the birds that perch on its branches. Fruit is for the benefit of others. And when we meditate on God's word, when we soak it up, when we ingest it and digest it, then we become fruitful. We become a, a means of a blessing for others. It's not about us, it turns out. It's about who God wants to bless in and through us. So the fruit is not actually for us, it's for others. And secondly, the fruit comes in its due season. The tree is not perpetually fruitful. And this resonates with my experience of life. Sometimes we have these wonderful, fruitful seasons of life. But sometimes we're recovering from an intense pruning. Sometimes we're recovering from a harsh storm or a deep freeze. And those are not seasons of fruitfulness. But the reality of a tree that is planted next to streams of living water is that in due time, that tree, in its season, will produce fruit. The tree will grow strong. Because the tree has deep roots. And because of that, the tree will be able to withstand the storms that come its way. The tree will be able to withstand the droughts that come its way. Listen to how the prophet Jeremiah says it. He um, takes up Psalm 1 and he says this in Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. He says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Now remember Psalm 1 uh, was written in an agricultural society in an arid climate, in, in a desert where droughts and heat were regular things. But this tree that is planted along the riverbank, its leaves stay green and it never stops producing fruit, says Jeremiah. And so with us, when we drink deeply of the life-giving word of the Lord, we grow strong, we grow resilient. You know, every Wednesday night, we host here a ton of children ages three to, through fifth grade. And many of you are involved in Awana, our midweek kids outreach. And one of the things that Cole, our Awana leader, is doing is he is helping these children become rooted in God's word. Why? So they can become resilient disciples. That's the whole thing this year, resilient disciples. He's helping them, teaching them. And you who are volunteering there are helping them, teaching them. Be rooted in God's word. Be like a tree that's planted next to streams of living water so that when storms come, and they will, you just can't avoid them. They're coming. 
They will be resilient disciples. Well, the psalm uh, lays out two ways for us. Remember I said we have a choice. There are two ways that we get to choose from. And E. Stanley Jones, he wisely observed, he says, we are free to choose which way. But we are not free to choose the results of our choosing. Did you catch that? We are, free, we are free to choose which way to go. But we're not free to choose the results of our choice about which way we went. The psalmist tells us that the results of choosing to remain in the ruts, uh, the results of choosing to not delight in and meditate upon the law of the Lord, it's not good. Those who choose this way are like chaff that the wind blows away. Now, when Psalm 1 was written, everyone knew what chaff was, but maybe you don't know what chaff is. So uh, chaff is uh, like the outer skin on, uh, uh, on grain. And uh, in an agricultural setting, in an agricultural world, everyone knew that um, a farmer would have to separate the grain from the chaff. And the way that he or she would do that is he would, he would put the stalks of the grain um, on a, a floor in a giant like vessel and he would pound the grain. And this would separate the outer skin from the inner edible grain. And the outer skin is what is called chaff. And then in order to separate them, the farmer would throw everything up into the air and the breeze would just throw the worthless, would blow the worthless chaff away and then the edible grain would fall back into the container. And Psalm 1 says that those who do not live in an intentional way to remain out of the ruts, those who do not meditate on God's word, they're like this worthless, weightless, useless chaff. And the contrast is with the tree that is fruitful. Remember, the tree is fruitful and the fruit benefits other people. The chaff is a benefit to nobody. It's literally useless and thrown away. The wicked are like the chaff. The psalmist gets even more specific. He says, The wicked will not remain standing in the judgment, nor be counted among the congregation of the righteous. The wicked will perish, the psalm says. In other words, when Jesus returns, and when he calls home his own, the wicked will not stand with the congregation. The wicked will not be included with the righteous ones, but instead they will be left to perish. Friends, this is a harsh word. And we're reminded that there are consequences to our choices. And we know this as adults. There are consequences to our choices. Again, E. Stanley Jones, we are free to choose which way to go. But we are not free to choose the results of our choosing which way to go. Now, I mean, let's be honest here. How many of us have spent a considerable amount of time in the ruts on the road? How many of us, even though we know that the ruts of sin and wickedness are bad for us, have repeatedly failed to steer clear of the ruts? Now listen to what I'm about to say, because what I'm about to say makes all the difference. What I'm about to say is what makes the gospel good news. Jesus said to his disciples the night before he was crucified on a cross, he said, I am the way. I am the way. Follow me. 
Jesus says to those who make a habit of rut driving, I'm the way, follow me. Jesus says to those who try to stay out of the ruts but manage to get stuck in them again, hey, I'm the way, follow me. And no matter how many times we have found ourselves falling into the ruts, driving in the ruts, no matter how much time you have spent in the ruts, Jesus says to you, I am the way, come, follow me. And here's how it works. Jesus, he alone is obedient to the law. He's the only one who can drive down the freeway forever and never get stuck in the ruts. (laughs) He is the one who has not only obeyed all the law, but fulfilled all the law. And so when we trust in him, when we entrust our lives into his care, we enter into his obedience. We enter into his right relationship with God. We become a passenger in his car that never gets stuck in the ruts. He will never let us get stuck in the ruts. Even though the gravitational pull of sin and wickedness may pull us into the ruts, if and when we entrust ourselves to Jesus, he will pull us out again. I am the way. Follow me, he says. Psalm 1 says it this way. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. Who are righteous? Those who trust in the righteous one, Jesus. Jesus himself said it this way when he was speaking to a woman at a well, a woman who was known publicly to be living in the ruts. Jesus said to her, you know, everyone who drinks this water that you're drawing from the well, everyone who drinks this water is going to be thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Or a little later in the temple, Jesus said during the festival of booths, he said, let anyone who is thirsty. Let anyone, no matter how long you've been driving in the ruts, anyone, let anyone who is thirsty, let anyone who's tired of being in the ruts, let anyone come to me and let the one who believes in me drink of this water. Those who drink the water that Jesus offers are like these trees that are planted next to that brook that never stops flowing. Those trees produce fruit in their season. And their leaves never wither. And the Lord watches over their way. Friends, you have a choice. You are free to choose which way to go. And as we conclude this year and begin to look at next year, which way do you want to go? Do you want to drive in the ruts? Or do you want to drive not in the ruts? Will you coast? And we know where that ends, ends up putting us. Do you want to coast or do you want to be intentional and choose a different way? Jesus tells us plainly, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you know me, You know the Father also. Friends, let's be like those trees 
who withstand the droughts, who produce fruit in due season in order to bless others. Let's be like that tree that is deeply rooted in the goodness of God, the goodness of God which page after page after page is told to us here in this word. And friends, let me give you a, let me give you a homework assignment. I want to invite you sometime today, this week, to read the longest chapter in the Bible. I know, it's the longest one. But Psalm 119. I can't think of a better chapter to read as we think about what does it look like to be rooted in God's word? What does it look like to meditate on God's word day and night? Um, I, I don't know how long it will take you to read Psalm 119. I would guess um, under 10 minutes. It is a long one. 10 minutes today. Read Psalm 119. Read it every day this week. That could be the beginning of 2024 as you meditate on God's word and just see what, just see what happens. See what happens to your mind. See what happens to your heart as you read and meditate on Psalm 119. Romans 12, 2 tells us that the Holy Spirit renews our minds and that the renewal of our minds results in the transformation of our hearts. And so as you read, may God's Holy Spirit renew your mind, transform your affections, so that this year you might drive not in the ruts. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you make a way for us. And thank you, Jesus, that the way is not so much about following rules and regulations and getting it right, but, but that the way is about a relationship with you. And so, Jesus, as we meditate on your word, even this week as we read Psalm 119, Would you cultivate in our hearts and in our minds a hunger for relationship with you? Would you give us great delight and satisfaction, joy, happiness, blessedness in a relationship with you? And in so doing, would you help us to drive this year not in the ruts, but on the place in the road that you designed us to drive in. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining our Christ Pacific Sunday Sermon Podcast. To hear more of our sermons, or to subscribe, or to learn how you can be engaged with what we're up to in Huntington Beach, please visit us at cpchb.com.